Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is American gun violence epidemic. I'm Sarah Germain Lilly. And I'm Ty Kersley. Um, there are a lot of things I like to talk about here on Radio Gag, and there are a few things that I want to bring up that most people aren't aware of, uh, including the staggering number of trans women that have been killed in our country this year. I want to have a show about alternatives uh, to guns for self-defense and protection, but this show will be dedicated to the mass shooting in Texas. Uh, but we will also cover why mass shootings are such a problem in the U.S., uh, which will hopefully help listeners with their discussions on this divisive issue. I really want to help you debunk a lot of the excuses people throw out uh, during these tragedies. But first, this week in the news. And thank you to ABC and KSAT Live for these items. San Antonio. The Texas legislature passed a slew of laws this year that will ease restrictions on guns, including allowing firearms in public places like schools and churches, on rented and leased property, and during disasters. The laws take effect hours after at least seven people were killed in a mass shooting in Midland, Odessa, in West Texas, and weeks after nearly two dozen were killed in a mass shooting in El Paso. The NRA hailed the gun laws passed as highly successful, while Texas Gun Sense, a nonprofit that advocates for reducing gun violence, said the laws will make schools and communities less safe. While many of the state legislatures across the U.S. have reformed gun laws to tighten restrictions in response to an epidemic of gun violence, Texas legislators have gone in the other direction. Texas lawmakers, who met at the Capitol this year from January to May, expanded gun access and added money for mental health and school safety in response to the Sutherland Springs shooting and the Santa Fe High School shooting. Many elected officials, including a handful of state lawmakers from San Antonio and the city council, have asked Governor Greg Abbott to call a special session in response to the deadly shooting in El Paso. But Abbott has so far said he has no plans of doing so. Instead, he launched a Texas Safety Commission to hash out policy proposals for the future. Here's a summary of some of the laws. Guns in church. SB 535 allows Texans to carry guns in churches, synagogues, and other places of worship unless the church wants to prohibit firearms with signage. Gun owners who rent. HB 302 prevents landlords from restricting tenants and their guests from carrying firearms in lease agreements. SB 741 prevents property owners associations from banning the storage of guns on rental properties. Guns at school. HB 1387 eases restrictions on the number of school marshals who carry guns at public and private schools. Current law only allows one armed marshal per 200 students or per building. HB 1143 bars school districts from restricting the manner in which handgun license holders store guns and ammunition in their vehicles in parking areas other than requiring it to be out of sight. And foster homes. HB 2363 allows certain foster homes to store guns and ammunition as long as they are locked. Uh, next, guns at Walmart. Um, Walmart founder Sam Walton uh, was such a fan of firearms and hunting that Remington once named a shotgun after him. Um, his company has long been one of the 
largest gun retailers in the United States. This month, Walmart stores became the site of shootings. Uh, with the latest violence, this pressure is again directed at Walmart, not only from gun control advocates, but also some customers and even employees. This just in, uh, Walmart today announced it will reduce its gun and ammunition sales. Uh, this is one month after the 20 people were killed in a mass shooting at Walmart in El Paso. Uh, Walmart also pressured Congress to enact gun safety measures. So the company is America's largest retailer, and it said it will stop selling handgun ammunition and ammunition commonly used in assault-style weapons after selling all of its current inventory. Walmart will also stop selling handguns in Alaska. This is the only state where it sells handguns. And Walmart will request that customers no longer openly carry guns into its 4,700 U.S. stores or its Sam Club stores in the states that now do allow open carry. And it's back to school and it's back to active shooter drills. As students across the country return to school, they return to safety drills. Once this meant fire drills, now 95% of schools perform active shooter or lockdown drills. Last spring, Medium Education reported that active shooter drills can be very traumatizing for students. This from James Allen Fox, a criminologist at Northeastern University and an outspoken critic of the trend particularly if they are staged in a very realistic manner with fake blood and guns loaded with blanks running around the school chasing students. It's a constant reminder that the bad guys are out to get them. If the data on the approach's success is spotty and its effects potentially harmful, why then are active shooter drills becoming as common in schools as the morning pledge? Why are legislators increasingly providing for them at a time when teachers routinely spend hundreds of their own dollars to purchase supplies for their classrooms? And why are more holistic solutions, such as those addressing the mental health of the entire student population, not prioritized instead? Schools are in a difficult position, Fox says. They feel that they should do something. Active shooter drills are a quick, understandable way to prepare for a school shooting, and law enforcement can conduct them in a couple hours on a Tuesday morning. The drills make people, particularly lawmakers, administrators, and parents who don't have to endure them, feel safe, even if they're not making children feel safer at all. Well, it felt like there was some good news last week, and I guess there's a little trickle this week with uh, building momentum around gun safety legislation. But the hurricane of violence strikes us again with Odessa and Midland. And this one has the additional storm surge of the Texas legislators' misguided pro-gun laws taking effect. The ability of the gun lobby to override public safety is staggering. Uh, right, and it also just feels completely unsympathetic to anyone going through this uh, right now. Um, so we will uh, take a moment to honor one person who lost their life due to gun violence. Uh, please join us when we reflect for the moment on the life of a census lost, a 15-year-old, Layla Hinden, I'm sorry, Hernandez. Tonight, we remember Layla Hernandez. Layla was 15 years old, a student from Odessa, Texas. Layla played volleyball for Odessa High. Her pictures on Facebook show her surrounded by her teammates. Other pictures are from her quinceanera, an elaborate coming-of-age party that is a great honor for a 15-year-old girl. Layla looks like a beautiful princess in a regal green dress, holding the hands of her grandparents. Layla's grandmother, Nora Leva, recalled celebrating Layla's quinceanera in May. 
It was like a dream for her, she told the Washington Post. Layla's grandmother had been helping the family plan the coming-of-age tradition for two years. She wanted the perfect party for her oldest granddaughter, a 15-year-old who still spent most of her time with her family, and who kissed and hugged her ama when she would drop by after school. Layla's mother has been at the Odessa Hospital, where dozens of relatives wait for updates on Layla's wounded brother Nathan, still in the intensive care unit. Layla was with her family on Saturday as her 18-year-old brother picked up a truck for which he had long been saving. Nathan and Layla were walking out of the dealership. Nathan had the keys in his hand. When the gunman started randomly shooting out of his car, I guess he was just looking for someone to kill, her grandmother said. Layla was still figuring out what she wanted to do with her life. She played volleyball, but she had expressed worries to her grandmother that she wasn't good at it. Last week, Layla's mother confided to Leva that the girl had cried after other students had picked on her at school. It's just so hard, her grandmother said. I'm not going to be seeing her no more. Layla Hernandez, we remember you. Uh, and it's, it's also kind of, I love this, thank you for picking this one out, Sarah, because it's a beautiful story of how... Um, someone had so much potential in their life and it's another case in uh, the U.S. where someone whose life was not going how they wanted uh, decided to take out several lives um, to to deal with their own problems. Um, so I'm sorry that we uh, no longer have this uh, person and all the other people we've uh, lost and of course to their families but um, I hope that we can be inspired to prevent these tragedies that are so frequent. Yeah, I'm with you, Ty. Thanks. So what is the real reason behind America's landslide of mass shootings? Um, a lot of the, especially right afterwards, for some reason there's these spin doctors that come on and give you these uh, asinine reasons. Um, I remember after Vegas, like, oh, we should have metal detectors in hotels. And uh, somebody came on, I told you about this earlier, uh, saying that introducing children to science causes um, mass shootings for some reason. Uh, that person is allowed to speak in public. But uh, one of the things that we've done is we did some research on an article that the Times had and how a lot of survey, a lot of uh, research was done correlating all of the factors of other uh, countries that have similar uh, financial problems, similar um, lifestyles as we do, but do not have the amount of mass shootings that we do. Um, so a, a lot of things came into play with this one particularly. Um, so we'll get into mental health uh, first. The The difference with bringing up mental health between Americans and other countries is a lot of other countries have similar mental health issues. They, there's no more disorders here in the U.S. than there are, say, in England or um, in, in most European countries. It's just that we tend to point uh, to the shooter as having a mental Ill illness when actually only 4% of 
of American gun deaths can be attributed to mental health issues. Yeah, but what about video games? <laughs> I mean, they're very violent. I, there's, there's even a horrible one that I heard, um, you know, recreates a school shooting. Certainly these things encourage copycats, right? Well, I mean, it sounds disgusting and gross, but... Um, Actually, those are available everywhere as well. Uh, so there's no correlation at all with how someone will play a game uh, and then repeat it uh, in any of the developed countries that have the same access to games, as well as games that um, can be found underground. So there's probably more things that we don't know that people play with that um, have not triggered any kind of uh, violence, violent acts. Okay. All right, I'm with you. But we are such a violent country. I mean, we love violent films. It's, it seems to be in our culture. Don't we have to change our entire culture to change the death and the casualty rates? It's not so much that um, our country is more violent, uh, we don't have more violent crimes as much as it is that our violent crimes are more lethal. So it is... And a, a roundup way of saying it is the guns that are killing more people. So if you are robbed in London, um, you're probably by knife uh, or you know by some other kind of force. So if something happens uh, in America or even in New York where we have stricter gun laws, you are more likely to die uh, or be shot because of the access to the gun. Wow. So it's having the access to the gun that makes it's so lethal. But, um, you know, our Constitution, um, I think it's one of two, right, U.S. and Mexico, that uh, guarantees its citizens the right to bear arms. So are the Founding Fathers, fathers gave us this freedom, right? Well, I think what you're referring to is what is quoted all the time. Uh, it's called the Second Amendment. And a lot of people tend to quote the Second Amendment to me, especially when I am um, trying to debate this issue with when I was in the military or, or so forth. But uh, the one thing that everyone seems to keep is the right to bear arms. Uh, and that's true. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But guess what? That's the second half of the amendment. The first part is a well-regulated militia. Uh, being necessary to secure a free state. Then it says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. If anyone in the, this country thinks we have a well-regulated militia, um, I have some words to say to them that are right on the board that I can't say because of the FCC. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> well, you know, last, last uh, week um, we had an interview. I, I interviewed my nephew about the right to bear arms, and there are so many people who look at that as a... Uh, oh, it's a, it's the make or break issue. They're going to vote just on those, uh, the politicians stand, you know, just on that candidate, how they stand on gun rights. Um, how is that going? Is it changing? Are, are people going to continue to vote the way of the NRA? What do you think? Well, I think, I think we did see a really good, uh, um, a force towards our movement uh, and the midterm elections. It was the first time that any kind of gun violence prevention group spending outspent the NRA on elections. So as we're watching them kind of implode 
also uh, we are seeing a movement of people who are trying to get their uh, I, well, our movement uh, more involved into politics. And uh, I think that's one of the best signs that we've seen since the 70s that we've actually outspent the NRA when it comes to elections. Yeah, I'm really encouraged by the youth movements, particularly March for Our Lives and their emphasis on registering voters. This is, you know, people have to get out and vote on this issue. They really have to make their voices heard. And we see a little bit of movement when we see something like uh, Dick's refusing to sell all firearms and Walmart now dialing back. They are still going to sell guns, but they are going to, they're not going to sell those, uh, well, they haven't been selling the lethal, the AK-47 rifles, but now they're not going to sell the ammunition. So they're right. making it harder to have access, and this is your point, that and it I is think the it takes, access to guns. And I think it takes, I, I think it's great that it's an employee-driven um, thing, and I think it takes an, uh, a lot of employees who don't really know what their company spends money on, like Wells Fargo, um, who is the bank of the NRA. And we wouldn't think of this at all because it's not publicized that that's who they've spent money on, whether it be gun manufacturers or uh, giving money to the NRA exactly. But that's what your APR is going to. So when uh, speaking about the youth, we have a few um, up and coming uh, 18 year olds that uh, are in gag and they've mentioned we are getting together and we're writing petitions. We're saying things to banks like I'm going to be 18. And if you support this issue, this issue, this issue this issue whatever it may be uh, and one of them is, is um the the um not having any kind of real say in anything other than gun violence um but all of that stuff whether it be environmental they said we won't bank with you uh we also uh are dealing with what you said before with students students who have had to live the last few years with um with having uh drills in their school uh, are, are saying this is the best your generation could come up with to, to save our lives. So a lot of that movement um, is, I'm very proud of them as well, but it's also just so simple uh, just to look back and say, hey, wait, this this isn't right at all. And we've been trying for quite some time, but I, I am, I'm very well looking forward to how they step up. Yeah. And Ty, I'm looking forward to your future show when you talk about um, trans women being killed. And I know that that's an issue that we've begun to really bring to the forefront in Gays Against Guns. And Well, I, and I said this before, um, we, we've had a lot of great, uh, last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of great uh, rallies and a lot of uh, fundraising uh, at GAG. And one of the things that I did was I went to Stonewall. Um, there was a Madonna worship and uh, for the last 11 years Stonewall has had uh, like for a birthday celebration and as you know Madonna has gotten uh, much more involved in the GVP movement uh, we've uh, received money and other um, organizations have as well so from that I brought up uh, our role and that particular fundraiser gave us some money as well and I said look you know Stonewall 50 years ago trans women of color started a revolution um, they threw the first brick. Uh, they stood up and said, you know, we're not going to take these raids anymore. We're not going to take this abuse anymore. And for lack of a better way of describing it, a lot of non-trans people of color have benefited from that revolution. And I, as a gay white man, um, have these freedoms that really come from that one instance. Tons and tons of people have fought since then, but that was the catalyst. And 
now they need us. Uh, they need to have us bring them to the table. And unfortunately, this administration has dismissed trans people, um, and they are now considered disposable. And I will get in more detail about that later. But I have met with trans people who say, look, I need a gun. My life's in danger, and I'm, a, I'm at risk. And it breaks my heart to, to not be able to tell that individual that she's wrong. So I do want to get into, as well, other ways of self-defense. Uh, and I want to get into, there are free classes. Some places, uh, will, for women, will give them free training. Uh, there are also other items you can carry that are less lethal uh, than a gun. And we will get into that. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a high school teacher, so I, I hear kids say, you know, I need a gun for protection. And I can understand. I'm surprised sometimes and shocked by who it is, the person who's telling me now that they, that they need a gun. Because so. of their... Yeah, be uh, because they feel vulnerable, and we have such a heightened atmosphere of fear and tension. Because it's not someone showing off, right? Is what you're saying, it's somebody who's petrified. Of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, people. There's so much more hate speech in our culture now, and there's so many more times when something like bullying can really be amplified and seem even scarier. And in the communities where I work and teach, and and most people live and work. Um, the threat of violence is real, and we have to listen to them. Absolutely, but we and and protect them, and and, and the elected officials um, have to stop dismissing them just to get votes from people who uh, are ignorant on a lot of situations. Which is basically the 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 biggest problem about what we're talking about is the ignorance of why gun violence is an issue. Which hopefully we've cleared up why mass shootings hope are such a problem in the U.S. It has absolutely nothing to do with anything that someone has brought up immediately after a mass shooting. Uh, I, I, I cannot stop screaming at the TV, access to guns, access to guns, access to guns. And that is the only problem. And that is the, uh, I'm sorry, the only factor that is different from any of these other developed countries. Yeah. Well, it's almost time to end our show. And we thank you for listening. To find out more about working with us, please go to gaysagainstguns.net or follow us at Gays Against Guns New York on Facebook or Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. And also be sure to check out our website to learn more about our gag chapters that are located nationwide, like Orlando, L.A., D.C., Chicago, and San Francisco. Uh, also, you can come to a meeting. Uh, we are a GVP group that meets um twice a week we're here in new york we meet every other thursday twice a month what did i just say oh i meant to say bi-weekly <laughs> like okay uh twice a month so it's every other thursday at 7 p.m in manhattan at the lgbt center it's on 13th street um we will be planning all kinds of great actions and protests so please join us uh everyone is welcome and uh we encourage you to follow us as well um let's see what's another What's another thing we always tell people, Sarah? How to, well, how to get involved. What's another yeah. way? Uh, you can become a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy is somebody who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio station going by giving a small donation every month. And really, just a modest monthly contribution can help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this live show, your gun violence prevention show. So... If you want to keep hearing radio like this, and we know you listeners are out there, we're getting news about how, how people are really listening to this show, and we are changing the culture. So go to WBAI.org 
or call 516-620-3602 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. Okay, now, um, I think it's time for some hell yes, right, to finish the show? <laughs> yes, we got to come up with a few here. I know, because <laughs> this has been tense. Um, well, the first one is mine. It's a hell yeah to tie seriously for stepping up to host this week's show. Thank you. All right, well, I'm not going to hell yeah myself, but fine. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Then I'm going to do that to you, too. Hell yeah for Sarah's first date as a high school drama teacher. Yeah. That is like a dream job for me. I can't imagine. I loved my all my drama teachers, but I, I kind of want to just sit into your class one day and see what you come up with. So, hell, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, we also have to thank all of, uh, we had a lot of great speakers um, uh, in Foley Square and then in Connecticut that were um, with Moms Demand Action. and we Brandon were, was there. Brandon was in Connecticut, and then we had Sean in Foley Square uh, at the same time. And we we really, to see the impact of all of these speakers, and, and tons and tons of people come to these things, but then to see us and how we project things, you would not believe the crowd just completely lightens up when we, uh, when we some of the people that have joined us start to speak. And um, uh, we want you to um, look at those clips on Facebook. There's other things that you can find. We're on Instagram, and... I don't think all of that's written down for me to have. But go ahead and look us up on Instagram. We are Gays Against Guns NY. Uh, we're Gays No Guns on Twitter and then Facebook. And then our main uh, website is gaysagainstguns.net. Yeah, and let's just give a tiny little hell yeah, a tiny little gigantic hell yeah to um, Sean and to Brandon. That's what for I meant their to do. Speaking. Isn't that what I meant to do? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. here we go. Hell, right, hell yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. And we're going to leave you, as we always do, with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. Oh, yeah, we'll tell you something. We got you on the run. If you are an abuser, we want to take your gun. We want to take your gun. Take your gun. We wanna take your